everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Today kicks off our coverage of all things Section 31, and we're going to start off with Episode 16 of Season 4 of Star Trek Enterprise, Affliction. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who's starting himself, Cal Jones. Hey, good evening. Glad to be here. This is the first podcast I've done in almost two weeks, so I'm happy to be behind a mic. So glad to be here. Sweet, sweet. Next, we have the Stargate Storian, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad to be back. Good to have you on, sir. And last but certainly not least, we have Jonathan Shorts, the Trek Storian here. How you doing, dude? Doing awesome, man. Glad to hear the sound of everyone's voice. Glad to be podcasting again. Oh, okay, okay. All right, guys. What we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. If you're if you like this show and you want to show your support, first and foremost, subscribe. Tell a friend even. And if you want to do a little bit more, head on over to patreon.com slash discussing trick, where you can, you know, chip in a dollar, buy us a coffee or something, help support the show. Uh, but before we get into reviews, guys, uh, what has everybody been up to? And I'm going to start with Kyle for a particular reason, because I think he's been, been through maybe more than any of us over the last few weeks. <laughs> so Mr. Kyle Jones, how are you, sir? And how has your last few weeks been, man? Um, the last few weeks have been tiring is a good way to put it. <laughs> um, so for anybody listening and, uh, if you've listened to some of our other shows, you may wonder why we haven't had shows in the last couple of weeks. And the reason for that was, I think it was two weeks ago, this coming Wednesday, oh. I got sick at work and ended up in the emergency room and ended up in the hospital and had gallbladder surgeries. And I I now have no gallbladder, but I'm happy to be back podcasting. And um, as always, Clarence, you were there for me whenever I needed something. So my hat is off to you, my friend. Thank you very much. No, no, we are just glad you came through uh, and they're doing better. Yeah. Uh, Glad about that. Glad you're feeling, feeling a lot, lot better. I hope. Oh, yes, yeah. I am. Absolutely. I'm glad Poor to be man here. with no gallbladder. Yeah. <laughs> See, and, now, <laughs> and, and, and now, you know, I've got to do my corny joke. Nobody can say I've got the gall to do whatever it is I'm doing now. So, <laughs> so, so is this going to be like the line of demarcation or the sand, the, the line in the sand? Like after all this, all reviews, Cal is going to be chipper and happier and a little less, um, you know, hateful. <laughs> I will say this. I have been a lot nicer to people in the last two weeks. I will say, I will say that. You know, I had my gallbladder taken out about 10 years ago, and it does not make me a better person for it at all. <laughs> well, I don't, know how, I don't know how long my goodwill will live long and prosper, but um, yeah, I have been a lot nicer the last couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so uh, J- John, man, what, what, what's going on with you, dude? Or should I say John and Jeremy or J&J? Uh, what have you guys been up to? <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, not much, man. L- listen, it's hard to follow up gallbladder surgery. So, I mean, golly. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to top that one. So, yeah. you know, th- I appreciate that. I, th- I thank you for, yeah, you, you know. know. And then your thought is, 
you know, get your gobbler removed, and hey, I'm going right back to podcasting. That is awesome, sir. <laughs> right. That is awesome. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> but yeah, nothing, man. We've just been working. Uh, Jeremy and I have a project that we're putting together. You guys will hear sooner or later. So y'all just stay tuned for that. All right, man. Well, shoot. Can't, can't cool. wait to hear more. I'm excited to hear about the happenings of J&J. Um, so what's been going on with you? So you've asked us what's been going on with you. Eh, nothing. Chilling out, Max, and relaxing all cool. You know, the usual. Uh, so people okay. outside of your school? Yeah. And then a couple. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but, but were you Why? Right? You I cannot stop it. It's all. It's terrible. <laughs> But no, man, I've not been up to too much, but just the usual, uh, trying to catch up on some, some good television, uh, some Netflix shows and, uh, yeah, just, just the same old, same old, but, oh, Jeremy, any, anything, man, or did Jonathan speak for the both of you guys? Uh, he more or less spoke for the both, for the both of us. I mean, it's, it's still a work in progress, so we're still fine tuning. Right. Okay. And I'll just go on and say, cause Jeremy's such a great guy. He will not just throw blame around. <laughs> it's my fault that this project has stalled out here so I, I started it on my laptop and then my wife went out of town and she took the laptop so Uh-oh. I didn't have a chance to finish up and the, when I did have a chance I was more interested in something on TV or sleep or you know stuff like that so it's my fault but it's com- it's gonna get there well you know sleep is important sleep is important dude uh, I want to live by that Creole. I sleep when I'm dead, but I feel like <laughs> dead every time I get off work. So. Oh boy! So Man, if I had if I had any kind of technical anything, because I'm not the technical person at all by any means, I would help out with that. But I'm just I'm just so useless when it comes to that. So I just kind of have to to wait. Well, listen. No, but I mean, Clarence is the genius at this. So no, no, I don't know about that. I spend <laughs> yeah, here, here. doing this, and it's going to be crap. In a, I don't know, but we're going to do it, and we're going to have fun doing it. So yeah, and isn't that the whole point? Just to get on and yeah, and have a little bit, a little bit of fun. <laughs> As I mentioned up top, we're going to be talking or try to have a, a arc of talking about all of the Star Trek section 31 episodes so i i mean i don't know who brought it up it may have been may have been jonathan or jeremy to brought it up first but i find it be very interesting especially since we got that post-season uh teaser or whatever you call it uh from of mira giorgio and uh some section 31 operative uh at the end of the season so maybe we'll, we'll see some of that in season two of um of star trek discovery but in any case, it's going to be cool to kind of go into that. And what do you what do you guys think Section Thirty One is? First of all, what is Section Thirty One? Well, I mean, nobody really. So the best I've heard it explained, and don't ask me, it was on one of the episodes of Deep Space Nine. Section Thirty One is this group that is neither approved or disapproved by Starfleet that can do things that Starfleet couldn't do that needs to be done. So they neither exist or it's weird. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it's, how it's like black ops. Yeah. It's like the CIA that we don't know about. They're the Illuminati of Star well, Trek. Maybe not. No, not maybe not. Yeah. I mean, I think you had pretty much correct. Like the ragtag group of soldiers, people that, you know, protect the, 
Starfleet's interest without being right. seen, but in the shadows. Right. And it's like Starfleet like knows it, but they <laughs> won't admit it. Yeah. But they need them. And like, you saw it's like one of those things like you're sitting around saying, man, I wish somebody would just, you know, blow that place up, but I just don't know anyone <laughs> <Wow>. like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what uh, that Yeah. But my hands are clean on the matter. But right, if right. you were to blow it up. <laughs> right. I mean, it would help the Federation. And, you know, we would uh, totally ignore the channel on the VH, VF radio that you're going to use. To, yeah. That's <laughs> section 31. So, guys, we're going to get into the episode for uh, Affliction Enterprise episode 15, season four. But first, uh, just a little bit of news uh, at Comic-Con. This year, San Diego Comic Con, we heard about from Alex Kurtzman that we'd be having these short treks, these four short, what, 10 to 15 minute episodes that covers some of the stories around the characters that we've seen in season one of Discovery. And uh, we got titles actually for each of those. So we're going to have stories featuring Tilly, Sylvia T- Tilly. It's in Tilly. We're going to have one featuring uh, Harry Mudd with Rain Wilson. Uh, one featuring Saru and one with the the guy from uh, Underground, or he was in another show that was pretty popular too. Uh, let me see if I can get his name right. Aldis Hodge. Four different episodes with each of these characters. He's kind of the new guy because uh, he wasn't in, of course, in Discovery season one. But I'll run through each of the titles and the premiere dates for each. And I guess you have to be a subscriber to CBS All Access to watch these. Though I'm sure they'll pop up around the interwebs, but we don't get on that. And just to kind of run through these real quick and like give a synopsis of these four short treks that we're going to get. Uh, first, we have The Runaway, which is going to come out on pretty, pretty quickly here, uh, October the 4th. And actually, The Runaway is going to be a story featuring Mary Wiseman, where she encounters an unexpected visitor and need a help. Sound, sounds pretty interesting. We'll see. Next, we have Calypso, and that one is going to be starring Aldous Hodge, who is going to be waking up in an unfamiliar sick bay, and he's going to get help from a an AI computer interface. So that might be pretty cool as well. Next, we have The Brightest Star, which is going to be the story of Saru, Doug Jones, and how he started off this simple life on his home planet of Kaminar with his father and sister, but he yearns for something greater. So that that interesting as well. And finally, we have the escape artists uh, featuring Harry Mudd, Rain Wilson playing Harry Mudd. And, you know, the uh, Harry Mudd uh, is going to be up to his old tricks, apparently. So that should be pretty interesting as well. Uh, what do you guys think? Okay, so a couple of things that I find interesting here. For starters, the fact that they're 10 or 15 minutes and they are doing them monthly, I I, I think that's just interesting that they're giving us just a, enough that it doesn't feel like a trailer of one or two or three minutes. It's enough to kind of submerge you into the story, but it's not too much to where you feel like you've watched something. So you're, you know, you're still getting a little bit more and a little bit more. And I have a feeling by the time you get to the escape artist, which I'm assuming is going to be close to the premiere, hopefully 
that particular one may tie more into the story than perhaps Runaway might tie in or Calypso. But I have also a interesting thought about the brightest star is the December one, and that's Christmas. So could kind of feel like uh, you're playing on the Christmas uh, theme there a little bit. Maybe not, but maybe. That's pretty interesting. And you, you know, of course, uh, you're a huge Doctor Who fan, uh, the Who story himself, and uh, they are big on the Christmas specials. So maybe you're right on the point on that one. That would be very interesting to see. Cool. I was going to say, has Star, has Star Trek ever done like a Christmas episode? Mm, I don't think so. Or anything, of, uh, any kind of holiday themed episode besides Nibble's Nibble celebrations of like Earth Day and all that? Not that I'm aware of, man. Not that I'm aware of. Could and it may not be anything more than just a title, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm just playing the name with the month, you know. Right. Well, even the 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 uh, explanation of the story seems kind of hopeful. So who knows? True. Ooh. Yeah. And I, so I'm trying to find you a kind of a side thing. You uh, the artist Hodge. Yeah. Yeah. Artist Hodge. Yeah. So we just looked him up to see a picture of him, and he. Now I do know him. I just can't remember that show he was. Leverage. Yes. Yep. Leverage. Yes. That was an awesome show. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. He he was the techie guy on Leverage, right? And and again, he was one of my favorite. He was a runaway slave in underground, and um, he was also on the uh, last episode of a show that I very much enjoy, Black Mirror. Uh, So. There you go. Um, <laughs> That's why I recognize him. <laughs> and oddly enough, he was like his his what he he got his wife's memories installed in his brain in that episode. Uh, yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, that should be pretty interesting. I can't wait that these come out. And from the dates, I'm assuming we're gonna get season two in February, early February, if they because the cadence of these, you know, every month. So I'm. It kind of feels like February is when the season is going to start. Uh, I, I don't know if these 15-minute episodes here are going to help me, like, tie me over or piss me off. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, something's better than nothing, right? I mean, we're, spo- we're spoiled in getting, like, 45 minutes to an hour of content. And I mean, I mean, the least you know, maybe a 30-minute show of, like, Big Bang Theory or something. But something that goes 15 minutes and it's not a trailer, I don't know if it's enough. <sighs> and, and is it enough for me to start my CBS All Access? <laughs> That's the bigger <laughs> question here. <laughs> okay. So, Jonathan, I'm going to actually say that I think it is, and I'll tell you why. The Doctor Who fandom is starved for information, any little tidbits, and just the the teaser and the trailer and the second trailer, which is really nothing more than rehashed content. People are still starved for information. So that's why when I see a 10 or a 15 minute mini episode that that is coming for Star Trek, I'm like, yes, that's something because when we've gone, you know, now since Christmas with nothing other than maybe four minutes total, of you know airtime so i think that will once you start watching them i think that will start you know piquing your interest again yeah i guess and and also like because of the length it makes me wonder why don't just release why don't you just release these on youtube for everybody to drum up interest 
Hmm. Well, I'm wondering if these four have like a, just like an overall arc to them to, to tie them all together, or if they're just four independent shorts. Like if you like if once they release the fourth one, if you watch them all together, will it be a complete story, or is it going to be four different smaller stories? Yeah, I think it's going to be different anthology style stories. Just you know, <laughs> in well, I mean, the same are we really going to are we really going to remember 15 minutes one block of 15 minutes in 30 days? Well, I don't know. You read a comic book and it takes about 15 minutes to read, maybe. Right. So, I mean, maybe they're going for that nugget sized content. Maybe. But you know, anything, again, like, in my opinion, anything is better than nothing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready See, for I it. See, I just, I disagree. I watched this show on Discovery, Uh-oh. Street Outlaws. And Street Outlaws goes on, they actually went on break this week. Well, they kind of have this, like, they throw in this different version of the show, sort of. Like featuring some of the other people that's not really the main stars, and it's just crappy. I don't, <laughs> like it's just not the same thing. I don't like. I feel like it's wasting my DVR space because you know I, I get home and I see hey a new episode of Three Outlaws, and then I hit it and it's the other guys. It, yeah, but the thing here, I don't think the quality will go down any in these. Yeah. I don't think they go down any, and it's featuring some pretty prominent characters in the show, so. It would have been different uh, if they would say this engineer that we saw walking through the back of the screen in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> the red shirt special. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, guys, we are ready to get into our review of Star Trek Enterprise. It's been a long road. Affliction. Um, again, episode 15 of season four, uh, which aired in on February 18th of 2005. While Enterprise is visiting Earth, Phlox is abducted by the Klingons and forced to research a cure for a virus destined to wipe out the Klingon race. Reed is tracked by its secret agency in order to betray Archer. Trip transfers to the Columbia. And that's pretty much what happens in the episode. But, um, <laughs> but before we dive in, um, guys, just non-spoilery thoughts of this episode. I like it. It was, it was, I mean, I haven't watched all of Enterprise, so I, I, it it seemed like a good standalone. I didn't, I didn't feel like I had to go back and watch something else to kind of catch up to what was going on. But an issue I have with just Enterprise, period, is Connor Trainer, the guy who plays uh, Trip. Oh, you said this before. There's nothing. Yeah. No, he, he played, I just, in my head, he's always this Wraith character from Stargate Atlantis. So it's hard for me to him to envision him as a good guy in one show when he was just this awful evil character in another. This came first. <laughs> I remember him in Atlanta. In, in, in my head, Atlantis is first. <laughs> that, no. that, that's just how my head works. It, it, Atlantis will always be first. So it's just difficult for me to to place him in that position. Did Atlantis come in after uh, Enterprise? It was after. I'm pretty sure it was after. I think I'm thinking Atlantis. I don't know. This was 2005, sure? so maybe it was I pretty think close. Really about the same time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'm just gonna look it up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue but, over this. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> so what about um, you, John? Yeah, well, Jonathan. What do you this, think? So I'm actually in the process of watching Enterprise through again. So it kind of threw me off to skip ahead, but not that much because I've already seen it before. Um, Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
just a side note real quick. I know I'm full of side notes tonight. I hate this part of the season. They changed the music. <laughs> and that bothers me. Let's not talk about oh, oh God. Let's <laughs> not go down this music road. <laughs> I just had to throw it out there. It was a great song and then they tried to, anyway. But as far as the episode, I mean it's I think it was a great episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Uh I think they tried to make it a little important than it was. You know, it didn't really feel like it should have been given a two part or two show arc. You know what huh. I mean? Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Huh. It was good, don't get me wrong, but I think we could have done this in one episode. Did you watch both hmm. episodes or just the first one? Both. Okay, well, we're going to talk about the first one today. Uh, maybe we should have talked about them together. I don't know. Uh, but but maybe they did stretch it out. But I think as far as my opinion, you know, I went into this episode not really remembering what it was. And my whole purpose of watching it was to get the Section 31 ties. But I think we get a lot more because this, this episode is not only important to Enterprise, or the the first hint in in chronology that we get about section 31 but it's also important as far as it goes for the klingon race which it it's it's huge in that aspect right and and when we think about us looking at this from the standpoint of star trek discovery fans it may also give us some hints as to how things will get back in line with canon you know you can you can very mm. easily extrapolate some things that happen in this episode, and you can say, "Well, why doesn't that happen again?" And we'll talk about that at the end of end of this episode a little bit. But I'll go ahead and drop the spoiler bumper. Spoilers. Red alert! All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. To me. And we talked about it in a little summary, but there's three real themes in this episode. You have the Klingon thing going on. You have the Section 31, and it's all about alliances with Malcolm and Archer and how he treats Archer. And, of course, you have this whole Katra thing with you hear about. Well, you see where Archer mentions that he has the the Katra um, bond with Surik. Uh, which is an ancient uh, Vulcan philosopher that kind of took the Vulcans from their primal rages into a more civilized uh, culture. Uh, and you also have like this thing going on with Trip and T'Pol, which is really weird. I didn't understand that. But but uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about the opening of the episode and kind of the, the groundwork that's laid uh, for the story? Kyle. Okay, so for me... I, I kind of went into it like you did, Clarence, not really remembering it, no, knowing that I'd seen it, but be, be it so many years since I've seen it, I really didn't remember it that well. And I actually got to the end of it wanting to, even though I didn't watch it, wanting to see the next episode. So answering your question about how they set it up, it was enough that it kept my interest and it kept my interest on characters that I really don't usually care about. And I thought they did a good job at that. Would the character you don't care about be Malcolm or 
No, I really didn't care about most of them on there, honestly. Oh, just the, the series the, as a whole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I never really connected. <laughs> yeah. With, with well, golly. Kind of you know, but, 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 but I like them. Maybe it's my, the whole new, you know, mindset that I've got or something, but <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe, you know, arterial flows are flowing differently, but I actually liked these characters and enjoyed the episode this time. What, what about you, John? What do you think about the whole opening and the setup for the story here? Well, see, it's going to be a little different for me. So, cause- like I said, I've watched the season a couple of times and I'm on, I mean, I've watched the entire thing a couple of times. I'm watching through again. So it's just kind of weird. It's just like I jumped ahead and I know the story, but I I think I understand. See, if Kyle would watch it, Kyle, have you started watching this like from the first episode? Oh yeah. 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 yeah I've seen all from the pilot, you know, every, every iteration, except for the original, I've seen them from episode one to the last episode. Oh, you just, you have to build character. So I think I'm kind of biased because it's hard for me to picture. This as just a standalone episode. Like I'm still taking into account what I know in the past, like the history between to Paul and trip. And yeah. you know what I mean? So it's hard to give you an overall opinion of it, but I mean, I think it does it justice for what we're talking about and for what they have going on. Um, I think they could have left the Topala trip thing out of this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He was leaving, so it they had to talk about it. They kind of had to talk about it. If he's supposedly leaving to go to, what, the Columbia? Yeah. Uh, you, you have to address it, you know, so... Yeah. It, 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 by, by the same token, I feel like it, it was kind of out of place in this episode. Right. But, but, but Clarence, does it go back to something that I've heard you mentioned before in regards to how series today compared to series back then, you know, you had 22 episodes to fill. So maybe some of the to Paul and the trip sequences were inserted in there to give extra airtime so that you could fill up extra time to get two episodes out of what was really a story of one episode. Yeah. And, and that goes back to Jonathan's point earlier, since we're going back to people's points, <laughs> um, th- there was to me, a lot of filler in this episode, including the T'Pol stuff. And also like the whole Sato, not remembering what they said, they could have, she could have just remembered another 15 minutes. We got back. Right. Uh, so yeah, good, good point, Kyle. Good point, John. I mean, yeah, filler abound, but, I don't know, um, but you can continue with your point, John or or, uh, or Jeremy. You could chime in if you like. Well, I haven't seen the whole series all the way through, so and I've, I'm up to like season three. So when I watched it, I kind of didn't know a lot of what was going on, but I didn't feel like I had to go back and watch anymore because these, these felt like a good standalone two episodes. Um, it felt like there was a good bit of filler in there. Uh, especially with a trip and to Paul relationship. I'm not sure what's going on there, but <laughs> they didn't like touch on enough for me to care enough to go back and see what's going on there. Yeah. I, hmm. Yeah. And it definitely uh, mentioned stuff and I can see by you guys jumping up. Um, they mentioned things that happened in the early episodes as like throwaway lines. Uh, for instance, I mentioned the whole Zurich uh, Katra thing. 
that uh yeah. that that Archer is able to tell to Paul how to mind mill for the first time. Uh that was an earlier episode. The whole um Dr. Sung and the um the eugenics augmentation DNA, that was an earlier arc as well. A very good one, by the way. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, so they they played on some very smartly, I think. They played on some things that happened early in the series and and kind of threw it as, you know, not really throwaway lines (laughs) in this episode but still you could not know that and probably still get a pretty good complete picture right they they never put it in such a way that i felt like i had to go back and and catch up Hmm. let's see if you've watched it from the beginning like i've been impacted which which i which i plan on doing i'm I'm going to finish out the series because it's just a lot of stuff because jeremy and i watched this together uh, the other night and it's just a lot of a lot of times when things happen, and you could have had you should have had a response to it if you would have seen <laughs> yeah previous yeah and I you know I kind of you know I get a response from it but I kind of can't enjoy that because you didn't you know because you didn't know <laughs> <laughs> so like especially when like he said when he did the uh, Doctor Stone reference and all that uh, mm, it, it's, it's it was a uh, interesting. Episode. I don't see how. To me, I feel like I'd be lost if I hadn't seen it before, like hmm. seen the rest of the episode. So, so Which Jer- we're still we're still sidetracking for what we should be talking. about. <laughs> no, this is this is exactly what we should be talking about. I mean, this was probably might- section thirty-one, and we hadn't mentioned them once. So. Well, we're going to get into it. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a. Uh, I mean, to be quite frank, it wasn't a lot of section thirty-one in this episode, but it was kind of impactful because of the whole Malcolm thing. Uh, but, but that is their goal. They, they shouldn't be visible. So yeah, but but do the, you. The, do you mind if I ask something? You guys mentioned the mind mail. Do you mind if I ask something to you guys, a question about the mind mail real quick? Sure. There, go, go for th- it. Th- there was some uh, when I think it was, um, well, it was to Paul, but when she did the mind mail on the other character, I never have noticed with Spock or anybody else uh, where her fingers were. I've never noticed a skin irritation like you know, your skin looked irritated where your um Oh the, no. That's no, I'm not got, trying to be funny. No, I'm just no, asking But but that, uh, she got she got punched on the in San Francisco. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's what All that right. was. I know what yes. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I wasn't trying to be funny, around. but I was yeah, okay, so she, so that was left over from from being injured, not from the mind mailed. No, yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. that's correct. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, because cool, cool. I, I thought the same thing when I first saw it. I'm like, what's wrong with her face? Like, oh, she got, <laughs> she got, uh, roughed up. <laughs> got you. Okay. <laughs> but like, so, like, okay, a, let, me, let me. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> I was going, I was going to, because this is like almost distracting, but I, I just kind of have to know. Okay, Lieutenant Reed, who, as far as I've seen <laughs> so far up to the third season, is not annoying and not too terribly whiny. But he just seemed very whiny in this episode to me. Is that something that's just going to get worse over time? Is that something to to get used to, or was that just well more episode specific? Not not get worse because the series is almost over. But go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm talking. Well, now I'm now I'm at the beginning of the third of the Zindi arc. Oh, I see so. what you're saying. I, yeah. Uh, um. No, I think it was more a product of the episode. You got to think. Yeah. You got to think if. He's made to betray this guy who he's put all this trust in, or he's put all this trust in him. 
um, since the beginning of the show. So, I mean, of course, that was hard for him and being put in this position. Uh, of course, he was uncomfortable and had to kind of be devious, which, you right. know, I could I can definitely see that changing his attitude a lot. No, because Malcolm's always sure of himself. But this episode, he was a little. Well, you know, you know now, I mean, that, I mean, now that you bring it up, I'm kind of going back at it, going back in. <laughs> like he he does have a tendency to like. I've, well, I'm not gonna say whine. I've ruined the show for you. But he likes mind. things his way, and he's vocal about it when it's not that way. Okay, so there's I mean, an episode where they have to bring like the military in. Mm-hmm. And to help him, and he's like very vocal of like, why is the military there? He can handle it himself, right? And like vocal to the point of you're like, man, just help. And then there's another time where he's talking about the security of the ship, and he's not whining. He's just he likes things his way. Okay, I can, I can do. I mean, he's he's almost my least favorite character. So I just kind of want to know if I'm going if I'm going to like just just actually have a hate for someone on the show or yeah. if it's I will say he is definitely my least favorite character by far, by far. And it may be some of the whining stuff that subconsciously <laughs> that, <he's doing laughs> that I don't realize. But yeah, he's, yeah, I run the show for everyone. Woo-hoo. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he never was my most like. He he's he's not meant to be a likable character. He's kind of the military tough a uh, in the group. So his character is not likable from the get go. Well, see, I liked his character at the beginning, but just over time, it just kind of. And I don't know if it's just, you know, if my perception of him being whiny or just his insistence on everything being the way he needs it to be in order to to do his job properly. But he's just like went from one of my favorites to one of my least favorites. Hmm. So, again, we didn't we're not reviewing both episodes. We're just reviewing the first one. So from Affliction, um, we are to assume, right, that Malcolm used to be a part of Section 31. Am I correct? That was the impression I got. Yeah, that's what I got too. But see, here's what's weird. If we were, if someone who's never saw an episode of any Star Trek <laughs> would actually go in canon timeline and start with Enterprise, you wouldn't know who the crap this guy was. Yeah. But I think you could still watch it and not know anything about Section 31. They, they kind of well, laid a you, groundwork to I'll, say what kind of what it is, you know. You, I mean, I was going to say you almost still wouldn't know what Section Thirty One is after this episode because they really didn't lay a lot of the. Yeah, I mean, you just know it was a secret military group that he joined. Right. It was. It was almost like they were giving you a hint. Right. Yeah, and for that matter, back then was that was it even named in in timeline wise was it even named. Section thirty one yet. He does say section because yeah, he he, says, ah, okay. well he he references section thirty one ah, as okay. as part of the the unit federation or whatever code. Uh yeah. yeah, he did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. And by the same token, like even if you've seen every section thirty one episode, like we mentioned up top, you really don't get just a defined, you know well, I guess you do to a certain extent. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> There's a couple of yeah. reasons. Yeah. When we get into DS9s, yeah. Section 31, you definitely He's a bad A on there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Huh. So, I mean, by that token, I, I think it doesn't... To, to watch this episode and not know exactly what it is, I don't think it's a huge deal. Uh, but I, th- I think what strike me most was Malcolm's undying loyalty to this group. 
even though when I think in the back of my mind, he kind of questioned what was going on himself, but he just still had this undying loyalty to, to what was going on with them. See that that's not what I got at all. I didn't think I didn't see it as an undying loyalty. I just to me it seemed like it was in his mind it was like I need to do this or else there's going to be trouble for everyone else involved too. Hmm. So so if I do this, then maybe everything else will be okay. Then he betrayed okay. Archer. Well, <laughs> I but, think a lot of that has to do with you hadn't seen enough of him to know how loyal he is to a commanding officer. So for him to betray Archer was a big deal. So it like Malcolm wouldn't just do that. Like, even if it was to save everybody on the ship, you know, he's, he's a military mind and right. the chain of command yeah. comes first. Good point. So if he, even if everybody on the ship was to die, his mindset is I follow the orders that my commander and officer gave, which is why he was in this situation because the guy, I forget his name, the Section 31. Gotcha. Commanding officer. And in his mind, he superseded Archer's command. Yeah, he said as such, yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's just Malcolm. Yeah, because he did say, I'm being compromised, sir, and I don't like it. Right. Oh, man. <sighs> but, you know, no, I don't... I, I get I, this. He was a perfect agent. Malcolm was a perfect Section 31 agent. But you know what? I, I did not like what he did, and... Archer had every right to do everything that he did, but I couldn't help but feel kind of bad for Malcolm uh, just a little bit in the sense of Archer, again, had every right to be mad at him and had every right to put him, you know, in lockup like he did. But, you know, I I don't know. I just I, I just kind of felt bad for for. Tucker or Malcolm? Isn't that his last name, Malcolm Tucker? No, no, no Malcolm. Uh, Reed. 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 Okay. Tucker so, is Trip, I think. Yeah. Ah, got you. So, um, you know, I, I just couldn't help but feel bad for him just a little bit because he did something and he made, you know, and and he disappointed the captain, but yet, I don't know. I just felt bad for him. I, I don't really, I really don't know how to say what I'm trying to say, but I just kind of felt bad for him. No, I totally get it, man. I totally get it. And I guess that kind of includes all the Section 31 bits in this episode, which, you know, are kind of sprinkled throughout. Um, you know, the deception by Malcolm and then being thrown in the brig. Um, but let's talk about the happy surprise of this episode that I was not really expecting. This whole story of the TOS era Klingons. Yes. What did you, what did you, you guys think? All right, I'll go first. <laughs> oh, man, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, of course, that presents some problems when we talk about Discovery. It presents some problems because we see they have taken this whole augmentation um, things that were remnants of um, the, um, you know, uh, eugenics wars con all that crap uh that dr soon was trying to revive and they've taken bits that were left over to try to make a superior klingon race side effects yeah you look more human <laughs> but you know uh for all intents and purposes they were superior um other than the whole um uh, i think they said what they they would they died faster or something he said um at first until they perfected what well, not yeah. 
But, but I, I think he was given a subterfuge because he was just trying to throw flocks off of what actually was going on. I think that was the whole point of him saying that crap. But, you know, they don't want to tell flocks what's going on. They want they tell them it's just a virus. But overall, I think, and especially after reading our friend Lee Shackford's script, Chink in the Armor, it makes me love this episode even more because um, it does. I mean, it does a great job of explaining something that was in the 60s that was more so of a budget thing. While the Klingons all look like humans for the most part and, and, and made it story wise fit perfectly until discovery. <laughs> but if it if it perfectly now, I have some theories on why the Discovery Klingons might look different based on this episode and also why they I may go well. and also like why they may go back to looking like the augmented Klingons we see here. Cause I don't think the virus is gone by far. Now, something happened to make the virus go airborne. I think somebody had uh, a flu or something and it, and it spread airborne all of a sudden. And now everybody was turning, you know, human looking Klingons. But, you know, I, I think I think it's an excellent explanation for, again, something that was just an effects limitation in TOS. And, and they just did an excellent <laughs> job of, of um, you know, explaining it here. I just love that part uh, of this episode. It was a, a happy gem for, for me. So what's your theory? I, I'm curious. Uh, my theory uh, that the virus isn't completely gone. That turns them human. And somehow it's going to turn up in Discovery Season 2. And also, my other theory as to why the Klingons look different in Discovery is because of this virus. Something mm. something happens with this virus that mutates them or something in a different way. And that's oh, why cool. the Discovery Klingons look different. But we're going to have See, this. Go ahead. Well, that, that was kind of my thought, too. Like, And more along the lines of. Because, you know, at the end, well, I don't want to bring up his spoiler. But anyway, we because <laughs> uh, we hadn't talked about the next second episode. You but, can gently brush <laughs> against it, but don't give the <laughs> <laughs> So we know after this virus is cured, it's they pretty much keep their human form. I think discovery is what happens when they come up with a way to reintroduce their original cleanup DNA to get their cosmetic look back, the ridges and all. But nice. I think they just had to go like prehistoric DNA. Cause you know, usually the strongest DNA sample is the very first, like the original yeah. DNA. And so you'd have to go back. Like I imagine discovery cleanups is what the cleanups actually looked like. Nice. In the k era. Nice. Mm, very sort of like good. the whole, um, caveman has the, the hard ridges and you know, like a human caveman. Right. Right. Yeah. So you, oh, nice freaking theory. Nice theory. Very good. Although we know this flu or this augmented flu didn't affect every Klingon, it just affected whoever got, you know, the airborne before they cured right. it at the end of the arc. Uh, spoiler, they're going to cure it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. So it's not every Klingon, but I still love the premise of how they kind to kind of, uh, regress in an effort to eradicate it to some what pro magnum or whatever <laughs> um <laughs> version of what the Klingons looked like early on. That's that's yeah. freaking awesome. You may have something there. <laughs> and you see when they put when flux in well, never mind. 
Yeah. All that and more in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Dragon. Oh, I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> so, what else? What else in this episode? Any other takeaways from you guys? Uh, from this episode? Because I do have just a couple of more tidbits I like to just mention. Uh, before we get out of here. But anything well, you guys want to bring up? I want to go back to kind of where Kyle's touching on feeling sorry for Malcolm. Like my opinion on that, and that's what kind of that's one thing that kind of bothered me was the captain. Like Malcolm has shown nothing but pure loyalty to you, and the first moment of doubt, he throws him in the breed. But. No, he did temper that a little bit. He said he went to Malcolm and said, "Malcolm, if there's something you need to tell me, you need to tell me now." You know, he but, and then Malcolm says, "I can't." I mean, and he could tell. Like I'm putting myself in Archer's position. Yeah. Like if this was my security officer that I know is grade A by the book every time and loyal to a T, like I'm going to give him some. Like okay, you can't say, and I understand that. How can we help each other? Like, not like throw you in the breed till you tell me. Oh, you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're looking at Archer's point of view, let's look at the real gravity of the situation. Malcolm probably knew there were Klingons on that vessel before they got boarded. So he got them boarded and he could have prevented it because, but he was being, you know, he was giving them false information because he was more loyal to somebody else. You know, if I'm kicking you in the shin and I'm telling you it's good for you, uh, it's gonna be only gonna be so long before you like kick me back or like punch me or something. You know, so yeah, but you know, if you're kicking me in my shin, which will probably hurt because you're like a size fourteen, but <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't like pull out a gun and shoot you. He did. He just put him in a brig. He didn't hang on my. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just gonna kick you. I'm not gonna shoot you. I'm not gonna call the police on you. I don't know. I'll figure out. Like, if, Clarence, if you told me legitimately, you're standing here kicking me in my shin, and you're telling me it's good for me. I have that much trust uh, and faith in you that it is good. Now, okay. at a certain point, I'm gonna punch you because it hurts. <laughs> But I'm not going to call the police and file charges because you had to have a great reason for doing this. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Nah, I think there was distrust, trust on both sides, you know. And I don't yeah. blame, I don't blame Malcolm because Malcolm was doing what he had to do, and I don't blame Archer because Archer is the captain of the ship. He can't let somebody right. go around disrespecting him, feeding lies, and he's just like, oh, it's okay. He's my longtime friend. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And, and, on, and, and on top of that, you know, yes, you do have the optics of him being the captain. Yeah. But you did have a little bit of betrayal there because yeah. that is his security officer. And, you know, regardless if they're friends or not, Malcolm hurt the relationship, hurt the friendship, hurt the business relationship or whatever. And there had to be some consequences. Malcolm's going to have to deal with them. Agreed. Agree. Mm. Oh man! Any other takeaways, guys? Okay, I'm I actually gonna... found myself looking forward to the next. I know I've said that before, but I want to say it again. I, it was an episode of Enterprise that I was excited to see the next episode. <laughs> you know, I laugh because uh, we were just chatting with our friend Lee Shackelford, and he was saying how much he hates Enterprise. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, teach his own, but man, I, I really love Enterprise and I don't, I, do too. I don't entirely get the hate 
because to me it's just Star Trek. And like some things I wanted to mention, like I think the look of this in HD, like the Klingon scene at the beginning, I thought was freaking beautiful, man. I'm, and I'm like, wow, Enterprise looks so good. I love Star Trek in HD, you know. <laughs> I just thought it looked fabulous. Uh, uh, it, upscaled or whatever they did to put it on my TV. I thought it was great. Um, also, you know, <clears throat> we talked about in Discovery when Tukuma and uh, <laughs> was talking and we had all these subtitles. People were fussing. Oh, subtitles. Well, I'm done reading. But the first opening sequence of this episode, we had to read subtitles for quite a bit. So, you know, right. it's not anything new there. I mean, they're just <laughs> doing what's been done before. Which I thought was really good. Uh, and also, I want to just wanted to touch on people say Discovery looks so different, but look at Enterprise and look at TOS. Forget Discovery. <laughs> look at Enterprise and look at TOS. There was one, this one scene where uh, it may have been in Sick Bay where they were pointing out that the guy they captured was actually Klingon. You have this mm-hmm. big, beautiful 42-inch plasma screen on the wall, you know? <laughs> like, that wasn't in TOS. No. <laughs> you know? By no means. So I think people choose to complain about what they want to, you know? You know, Jeremy made a great point last watching it. He's like, this looks more... How did you say it looked more real? It's, it looks like... It, the Enterprise in Enterprise, it looks like the most uncomfortable ship for long term, but more the most practical ship. Yeah, like it looks like an actual like ship. It's built like a submarine. And not, yeah, and not like a floating yacht. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a freaking sub submarine or something. The the um, how kind of mechanical it feels in a way. Right, and I think that's fitting for the time, which I think this is a discussion we had. In the very beginning of discussing Trick, which we were called something else then. <laughs> um, but I mean, that, <laughs> that submarine feel is fitting for the timeline they're shooting for. Totally agreed, sir. Totally agreed. Uh, nah, what do we think about that second ship? The, the Columbia? The, the Columbia, yeah. Uh, it looked just like the Enterprise, like Paul said. Though. Except those. Oh, okay. Did this not bother everybody? The, I guess that's part of the warp reactor that's behind the captain's yeah, chair. Look like uh, some kind of uh, rat. The fud, the fud lights. Yeah, I didn't it even notice like, it. It looked like TNG's uh, warp engine. Huh. You know TNG's warp engine, the lights going up. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Yeah. Well, it was like four pylons behind the captain's chair that was doing. Yeah, the same I did. Thing. I did notice that, but it didn't register that they were there. Well, it sense. bothered me. Yeah, I didn't even notice, man. Wow. Because I was like, "Why is this on the bridge?" Because <laughs> it's cool and it's new, and it was part of the engine. Because when they went to warp, it, it sped up, started going faster. <laughs> It it, it 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 was sort of like one of those cars that has the you know the engine in the trunk and the trunk in the front kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just thought that was weird, but I guess they had to make some difference. Yeah, cool. Well, um, guys, I think we're ready to wrap up this review. If you're listening to this review of Star Trek Enterprise Affliction. Uh, stay tuned for our next review to follow up to this for the second episode of the arc. Also, what do you think? Did you like the episode? What, 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 what did you have problems with in this episode? Do you love the explanation of the TOS era Klingons? 
Uh, send feedback into fans at discussingtrek.com. So, um, we'll go around the horn real quick and see what everybody has been working on. First, we'll go with J&J. What have you guys been up to? What are you working on, Jonathan, Jeremy? Uh, well, guys, we're going to be starting launching our own little podcast here soon. Uh, it'll be titled J&J Start Talking. Uh, something Jeremy and I have thrown around for a while now, uh, especially since we started podcasting with the Discussing Trick. And it's just Jeremy and I always seem to find ourselves in a conversation that kind of goes back and forth and around and back. And it's, it just circles around. To, yeah. We go 20 miles to go right back where we started. Yeah. And, it, it's, and at the end of it, we always said, man, somebody should have recorded it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. We're going to start recording it. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just going to sit around and do what we always do and come up with some subject and we're going to talk about it. And it's probably going to be entertaining and it's probably not. I don't know, but we'll find out. But it's going to be fun and we're going to enjoy it. We already have our Facebook page launched. If you guys would like to like it, uh, J&J Start Talking. And we have email address, jnjstarttalking.com. No, at gmail.com. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And then J&J Start Talking at Twitter. There you go. Cool. So we're working on Make sure and maybe I can tuned. do a web page one day. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, check out, you know, our co-hosts, Jonathan and Jeremy, for J&J Stars Talking. Kyle Jones, what have you been yes, up to, for, man? For anything else that Clarence and I are working on, along with our other co-host, Lee Shackelford, please visit DiscussingNetwork.com, and that will link you to all of the good things that we're working on. So yeah, glad to be podcasting again. So thank you, sir. Awesome sauce. And, uh, also, um, maybe you have saw or saw or heard a voice of a certain character in this episode, uh, that may have remind you of a shredder or looked like a certain uncle Phil. So, uh, James Avery was general Caval in this episode. If you did not know a little tidbit there, and like Cal said, um, you can catch up with us on discussingnetwork.com for all the shows we do. Uh, send us in feedback um, and just, you know, whatever you want us to talk about or feedback on the stuff we have talked about at fans at discussingtrek.com. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. What he said. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe.